0: And welcome to another episode of the Race Department Podcast. Hello, dear listener. Hope you're well. Hope you haven't missed us. We took a little extended break this time um, because we want this one to be the final podcast of 2021. Uh, We're heading towards the festive period. And, you know, people have got things to do. Or, you know, depending where you live, of course, because unfortunately some countries are going back into local lockdown so challenges amass at the moment but so far in the uk we're in a good place so uh, and long may that continue um so last time out it was just myself and danny well i've got news for you people the italian stallion's back but the man from portugal is not here so let's say hello to david nativo
1: hey everyone (laughs) I'm sorry that we're doing this uh, podcast with just uh, you know every time we alternate me and Danny. <laughs> but, well, yeah. you
0: know, people have got people have got lives to lead. You know, like it's it's absolutely fine. Um, and how have you been since we last spoke?
1: You all well? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been fine. Thank you, thank you. Have you been doing much sim racing? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I've gone back to um, ACC uh, in the Ooh. last few weeks. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, honestly, I've been a bit busy, you know, with my personal life, and I just casually jumped uh, back in ACC to do some, um, you know, these special events where you can do hot laps, hot stints, uh, yeah, and yeah. so on. And yeah, I noticed that um, it was perfect for the time that I have uh, available in this period, you know, to just open, do a few laps, try to match or beat other people lap times, and then just uh, close. So it's uh, for, for the time I'm enjoying. uh it crashing
0: into a few people, are you?
1: Uh, no, no. For, um, for, fortunately, <laughs> these are uh, asynchronous challenges, so I'm alone on the track. Probably for the best, hey? Yeah, for, for other people, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I've not, I'm not really into the hot lap challenges, but I can see why those would appeal to people. If you haven't got a lot of time, um, like I don't during the week. To be honest with you, I don't really get an opportunity to sim race. You know, I I work a long day. I get home in the evenings, and I don't really get a lot of time to to relax. And I have to plan my week. You know, I, it's boring, but that's what I have to do. As you you know, like I, I don't have a lot of time. So uh, yeah, I you know I can see why just jumping on to the to the rig um, and or whatever. You know, we'll um, just to get a bit of racing in the in the system is. Is all good and well. Um, so since the last episode, there has been a lot of news. And actually, a lot of it's come in the last few days. So we've done, I made the decision to, to delay it by a week. And it's, I think it's worked out really well. So it's a shame Daddy's not here to talk, to, to chew the fat with us. But um, so this this time around, we're going to talk about the news that's coming out of Fanatec. And there has been a lot. There's also been some news from the guys behind Autumn Ballista Two, uh, uh, which we'll which we'll discuss. And there's an upcoming update that I am a little bit excited about. And then, since we last released the podcast, Forza Horizon Five has been released. And I know it's not you know necessarily sim racing, but there is a lot of love for it out there. And I've not tried it myself yet, but I want to have a a chat around that. And then we'll quickly talk a little bit about F1 and then we've got a few mentions at the end of the podcast. So without further ado, Davide, um, let's move on to the first topic. So we're in Black Friday period, Davide, and um, Fanatec are having their usual Black Friday deals, but they also kind of said, but we've also got some other news coming in. And I'll be honest, I was was hoping, selfishly, that it was going to be an announcement around a new club sport direct drive wheel. Because we've talked about this before. There is a bit of a gap in between the CSL DD and the DD1. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, at the moment they want to you know uh how can i say consolidate the position of the new DD wheel on the market and then probably uh make also a club sport version but it i'm sure it's going to come but i think you know we are we have to wait uh a little bit you know so that yeah, they can I, uh,
0: yeah I, I get what you're saying i'm a little bit disappointed they they haven't announced it yet from a from a selfish point of view but no, i can yeah, understand you, it. Yeah, yeah you're you're talking complete sense for for a change and um but anyway <laughs> thank you for <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. so anyway they've um they i mean it's been a very busy year for FadaTech. i mean in a oh, very absolutely. strange environment yeah. as well you know globally and with constraints around you know chip manufacturing and components i'm sure things haven't been easy and i'm seeing people waiting for their direct drive wheels and things and so i know it's having a knock-on effect but it hasn't stopped them from developing and, and bringing out new products. So one of the first recent announcements is the CSL pedals and load cell kit. So that's now official. So the, so the load cell pedals um, is a recent hardware release from them, it's around about 80 euros. And of course, you know, they've got the CSL pedals, which are the two pedal set. But this is an, an addition now i know that we we knew this was coming obviously but that's a nice budget isn't it really it's it's kind of appealing for people that want to kind of make that step up
1: yeah it's uh you know this is what is fantastic from uh, from fanatic this uh, in there, this new line of products that they are all very accessible while retaining you know their usual quality being Always all metal construction um, and uh, uh, you know everything that uh, Fnatic stands for when it comes to building a great product and you know it's uh, it's excellent. I mean you can you can say anything apart from that because it's uh, I mean you get this great product for a very low price. I mean for this price you could get in the past you know a very cheap plasticky product and now you get yeah like the Crossmaster
0: pedals for instance i think it's very it's it's kind of in that region overall isn't it if you if you combine the three pedals i think it's around 140 euros in total according to the article at race department.com so that's a very competitive pricing model they've got there
1: yeah absolutely because you have to Compare what are essentially two very different products because I haven't tried the uh, these new CSL pedals, but I have tried the T3PA from uh, Thrustmaster. Yeah, and th- they are great pedals. They are very much better than the uh, Logitech one, uh, ones. I've tried the G27s. Uh, yeah, the G27s. Uh, so the Thrustmasters are. Great pro, pro uh, it's a great product, and you know, for that price, nothing, nobody could say any, uh, anything about it. But now that we have this for the same price, I mean, we did a uh, Frostmaster. As I said, they were good; they were were very precise, but you could tell that were they were made out of plastic. Uh You know, some creaking uh, here and there, and you know, the general impression that uh, they could last for. A bit, maybe two, three years, but sooner or later <laughs> you are going to have to replace them. Of course, when something is, instead is done uh, as uh, as the CSR pedals out of metal, you get you know that assurance. You feel also more comfortable using the product because you know you can push more without uh, uh, risking uh, the uh, the life of the uh, pedals themselves. So. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
0: I must admit, uh, uh, the article is a, is a little bit confusing because it does say you can buy the Fanatec CSL pedals from Fanatec.com for around about €80, Euros, which is the, the double pedal set. But then it also says that you can buy the Fanatec load cell kit on Black Friday from Fanatec.com at the moment for €120. Um, euros um
1: uh, yeah yeah from from what i understand uh basically from for 80 uh, I'll, i will say euros and so but there is basically the price conversion is one to one so yes, between yes. euros and dollars so uh for ease of uh, <laughs> of the conversation i'll just say euros. so for 80 euros you can get the uh two pedals which is a a break with a progressive spring and a, a throttle for a, an additional uh, 40 euros, you can get a clutch, or you can buy for 140 euros a uh, load cell kit, uh, which is just the brake pedal, uh, a load cell brake pedal, which you can insert in the, in the uh, metal uh, stuff. Ah, okay. And the, the previous brake, you can remove the spring, and it becomes a clutch, so it becomes linear. And so you get the clutch brake, and uh, so so it's that eight euros uh, two pedals, forty for just the clutch, or if you buy the lotzel pedal one forty, you get that as uh, brake, and the previous brake becomes a clutch. I was, we I was.
0: That's really good thinking from Planetex. It's not like you're then having to chuck something away, you know. It's not. Yeah. It's. It, I mean, I, you know, obviously the environment's on a lot of people's minds these days, and waste and so forth, and. Because a lot of the time when you upgrade something, you end up with a piece that you cannot use, don't you? And that's really good forward thinking for Fadatech there
1: that the fact that you yeah, buy but... you buy the new brake and then your your
0: existing brake turns into a
1: clutch. Brilliant. True, but I would like to mention the fact that uh, it's also you know very good for the for the consumer for 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 you for, because for example, I can buy the standard two pedal kit and decide that uh, I do not want the load cell brake. So I want the third pedal, but I don't want the uh, load cell uh, uh, yeah. brake. So I just buy the clutch for just 40 euros and yeah. I get three pedals. So it's, uh, you know, they gave the um, the buyer the, possi- the possibility to choose how much money they want to spend and how they want to upgrade, if they want to upgrade uh, their, um, uh their csl pedals so yeah you you can choose
0: yeah that's a really that's a really good that's a really good point and actually at the bottom of the article uh mike smith who wrote this uh sim 604 you know he's broken down the good and the bad and he said you know the good the csl pedal price the build quality which i think you know against a plastic pedal set you'd have to agree the upgrade path options which you just quite rightly said and the load cell brake feel, you know, he's very complimentary about that. The bad, he said, the cockpit slash pedals plate installation, um, the CSL pedals not standalone. Yeah, okay, and no bundles available. Well, yeah, I think that I think they're minor things really in the grand grand scheme of things. But you know, it, it it's it's just it gives people questions. You know, when they're looking to get into sim racing or they're looking, you know, like yourself at the moment, who's still racing with a controller. You know you want to get into the into the pedals or the, the steering wheel and so forth it gives people options you know options are good for the consumer because it makes the market competitive and then it should bring the overall price down the more options are available and the market becomes a little bit more saturated in most cases it brings the price down for the consumer now obviously in a covid world as we as we live at the moment with Challenges with manufacturing and transportation and whatnot—that might not be the case, but it's good to see. And also, you know, it it hopefully makes the likes of Thrustmaster and Logitech kind of and other manufacturers out there kind of stand up, uh, because for me, Fanatech i know a lot of people critique them, and I know that there are devices out there that people get and they don't work and they're faulty, and I know that happens. But I mean, as I say to people, I've never had a problem with any of my Fanatech gear. Um, and I've been running it now for a couple of years. I've never had any problems, and some of it was secondhand. So, you know, from my own experience, I've never had a problem. But that's not to say that there aren't there aren't problems. Uh, especially I've seen with the McLaren wheel, the plastic uh, QR uh, on the wheel, I think is causing a few challenges. So that's the the new pedals. But then, as we know, there's the Bentley and the BMW wheel and people have been asking, how much, how much, day are these wheels going to cost? And there's been rumors, there's been plenty of rumors. And some people are saying the Bentley wheel is going to cost five grand, the BMW wheel is going to cost two to three grand, or maybe even more. Well, Fanatec on the 20th November have told us that the BMW M4 GT wheel is going to cost around about fourteen hundred euros which is unbelievable unbelievable
1: yeah it's uh, it's a uh, way less than uh, than most of most people me included for <laughs> that it was going to cost because exactly like it's mentioned in the blog post uh, uh, there was this speculation of four thousand to f- uh, yes uh, sorry 4000 to 5000 uh, euros as a price for the for the wheel because you know racing wheels are very expensive so for something that it was meant to you know work also in the real car we were expecting to have a similar price and instead we've got basically something that is like a third of the price so uh, it's amazing and i think that if this actually 100% is the wheel that is gonna be going also in the cars? It's gonna be something to write home about also for the for BMW and, and Bentley because they're gonna, you're gonna they're gonna save quite a bit on their wheels. So. Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's the fascinating bit as well. If it, if, you know, I'm, I'm guessing if it's fourteen hundred for us consumers sim racing, I'm guessing the price is the same to BMW which is to go in their car i mean it might not i mean it is fascinating the fact you the wheel that a sim racer can buy you could take it off your sim rig and plug it in to an m4 gt3 now the chances of a sim racer getting that opportunity i think are slim but i would love to experience that i mean that would just be Unbelievable, you know. Suddenly I'm I'm on my sim rig and I'm playing with that wheel, and then I get a call from someone going, Hey, are you free this weekend, we need a driver. Oh yeah, no problem. Pack it my <laughs> suitcase, jump on board, the cheapest flight I could get, and there I am, yeah, round Barcelona, you know, hanging at the back end out of a BMW M4 GT3. Absolutely beautiful. But I mean, I've said this before: that the aesthetics of the wheel don't necessarily appeal to me. And so it doesn't really get my juices flowing, so to speak. Does it aesthetically please you? Does it appeal to you, this wheel?
1: Uh, I have to say that it has kind of a weird look. uh, But for me, mainly because of the the, um, bottom side of that sort of uh, handle. I'll call it this way because I don't know the proper English term. (laughs) So uh, usually with these racing wheels, when they have this kind of shape, you have only you know the the central part instead in this one there is also uh, this um, sort of bottom handle uh just on the bottom which uh, you know i maybe it, it's to improve the structure stru- structural rigidity of the wheel i don't know uh, it, yeah if if it if it hadn't that i would have liked it more but you know they are doing the bmw they are doing the bentley's so Technically, we can assume that they're gonna do all of the manufacturers. So, everyone, if they have the money and the will to do so, they can buy the, <laughs> their favorite one. So, for me, if it will be yeah, dreaming that I will have the money for it. It will be the Ferrari yeah. I mean, one. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: I mean that's the thing. I mean, when it got when it when the price got announced, obviously, the people who think the price is too high are you know always gonna be vocal about that. And I think that people have to understand that not every will is intended for them,
1: you know. Yeah, like, and, and also, at the end of the day, if a product is too, um, uh, how can I say it? It's its price. It's uh, too much for you. Too expensive. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Too expensive. Uh, just don't buy it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You're not forced to buy it. Uh, exactly. It, no one's yeah. holding a gun to your head, are they? No. Absolutely. So this BMW wheel for example it's nice you like it but it, it costs too much don't I'd buy, it. Like, I'd buy like an, just... an alternative that maybe resembles the BMW but it fits your budget
0: I'd like no. to see I'd like to see it up up close and personal because like I say it on the pictures and one, it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me but then I wonder if I got it in my hands would I feel different ab- about it but all that aside it is an amazing achievement. I think this is—I don't think people really appreciate what Fanatec have achieved here. And you know, Fanatec aren't paying me to say any of this stuff, just so just so we're clear. Um, but I think this is this is genuinely blurring the lines between you know sim racing and, mo- and motorsport, and um, and long may it continue. Now they've still got to price up the Bentley wheel. You know, they have kind of alluded to it's going to be more expensive. And I think, you know, you can clearly see that um, because it is a different type of wheel with the display. But still, you know, I, and someone said, I don't I don't know if it's true, but someone suggested that the BMW in the middle might be a button. But I very much doubt that that is. But I, that might just be a little bit of a, a rumor or something, you know, someone was making a joke. I'm not... I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, it could um,
1: be one of those uh, urban myths that, <laughs> that arise when something like this uh, happens. But, so. but yeah,
0: I mean, 1,400 quid for that for that wheel. And I know that it's the most expensive wheel that Fanatic have to, to, to released to this day. And I think it's going to be superseded by the Bentley wheel uh, in the not-too-distant not future. Uh, but it's still an amazing achievement and it's blurring the lines. And I think that's, that's only a good thing
1: i mean paul you you've raised a good point when you've said that uh, you to give a final verdict or uh, you know a definitive judgment you would have to actually try the wheel and i think that's exactly the point because uh, yeah the the price is quite steep quite high but uh, the point of this wheel is not to be a replica but to be something that is exactly like the real wheel because it's, ba- it's basically the real wheel. So I think that we cannot give uh, you know, a final verdict if we don't try it because, uh, I mean, if we think at our own experience, at least for myself, I've tried for a brief period, as I've said, a couple of uh, wheels, one from Logitech and one from Trustmaster. And in both cases, I could tell very much the difference between them And the real steering wheel in cars that I drive or I've driven, so this one, of course, when you try it, could be could prove itself to be an entirely different product from any other wheel, sim racing wheel that you have tried, yeah. Because it's basically a real wheel. Yeah. I mean, for myself, I can tell that the Logitech G27 wheel is a uh, let's say toy wheel. I mean, it's something made for. uh, Uh, for enjoyment for um for recreation compared to the wheel in my uh, ford car there is quite a difference so this is not a replica this is the real thing so i am sure that there's going to be a very different feel to it when you actually uh use it
0: yeah yeah i think i think that's a really good point and um you know, it's gonna um, be interesting. I also saw it again. I, I'm not sure if this has changed, but somebody was saying that originally it might only be compatible with the DD2, the the BMW wheel. So um, again, I'm not I'm not entirely sure how accurate that information is.
1: Could, could be. It depends, you know, on the forces and uh, uh, torque that uh, it's gonna. Uh, yeah it's gonna you know how do you say it in english uh, not resist uh, that <laughs> it's gonna have yeah, to i end mean on, I'm, I'm, yeah,
0: I'm i'm not so. sure what what the reasoning would be for that i mean you know hopefully more information comes out but um, could, could
1: could also be that uh, you know uh, for this kind of wheel maybe you have to have also a specific base that can uh, you know um express its full potential like maybe if you if you use a um uh, uh, I'll use a term that is probably not uh, not the right. What let's say a lesser base, and then you connect this kind of wheel, you could you know not feel entirely what it's supposed to make you feel. So probably it's uh, from Fanatic a way to make sure that the end user experience is the best and it's as meant to be. So. If it is compatible only with certain ba- uh, on this, yeah, basis. So
0: I'd just like to point out the uh, BMW logo is a four way D pad. Um, it actually is. I've just I've just, I've just double checked the features on the um, bmw.fanatech.com website and it's listed there as one of the features. So um, yeah, that is actually, that's actually quite nifty.
1: <laughs> I quite like yeah. that. <laughs> True. I
0: quite like that. True. Um, but yeah. Um, and something that's different here is that it's also got a USB-C port, which I think might be the first Fanatec wheel that has one of those. Um, and pre-orders are starting on the 20th of December. It doesn't say whether it's DD1 or Club Sport, you know, can the the Club Sport 2.5, um, use the wheel? I mean, you know... uh, Honestly, they've never done that before. They've never limited, other than you know certain things, most wheels are cross compatible. So I hope that this remains the case. But then I generally, if you're gonna have a Club Sport 2.5, have you got the money for this wheel? So you know, I can kind of see why it might only be aimed at the people that have the money for a DD2 um, or a very hefty credit card bill. Right, okay, and then there was one other announcement that came out and that is the new CSL steering wheel BMW um, compatible with the with the PlayStation and the PC. So it's pretty much like the previous wheels that they've made with a couple of slight details. So I can spot it's got the new QR that the um, McLaren wheel has um, and it has some nice decals across the wheel and the paddles are a slightly... Uh, would you, would you say that's kind of bronze colour? How
1: oh, would you what uh, yeah copper, yeah. maybe? Copper? Yeah, copper copper, copper, yeah. yeah. I would say
0: copper, yeah. I mean, aesthetically it's not it's not terrible. Um, what are your thoughts? It's a good price. 139 euros or just under 140 euros for an entry wheel. That's that's decent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for uh, it looks like a very sturdy product and uh there are quite a few buttons on it, uh, so the the paddles are also good looking in a also functional way. Uh, and I think that uh, if um, you look at the close up uh, of the of the wheel uh, uh, on the webpage from uh, from Fanatic, you can see that uh, around the BMW <coughs> uh, logo there are some there are five uh, screws. Uh, uh, that you can uh, unscrew with an Allen key, and the um, it seems like uh, you know the ed- the outer edge of that uh, of that cover can come off probably if you unscrew that those uh, those Allen keys. That, so might maybe... be, that might be to
0: upgrade the QR. To be honest with you, mate, I think okay. in, I For think the... they're in line with the QR because you can buy a metal QR when you buy their wheels. You can upgrade from okay. you know, from the new plastic one. So. Um, I'm it's likely that they may be it I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure as I'm looking at the images myself because um, you might well, be able to unscrew from the other way but um, but yeah
1: yeah I was thinking you know that you could change that that part for uh, you know maybe a custom part with a different design but in any case even if that is not possible we all know that uh, there are quite a few brands out there doing uh, Adhesive stickers for wheels and uh, uh, wheel bases. So, most likely, if you really don't like the look, uh, uh, the look of it, you are gonna most likely find uh, an adhesive sticker with uh, something that you may like more to <laughs> to put on it. If you really do not enjoy that look, but I think that it's uh, you know a functional look, and uh, it's uh, it's you know it's not something extravagant or strange. So i don't yeah. see a particular problem with it
0: yeah i think a shout out to lovely stickers who i bought my um my um you know stickers to stick on my stickers to stick on oh, very well very good um on my formula <laughs> v2 rim which i'm very i like muchly muchly much i like a lot even what the hell is going on with me Um, i'm I'm making
1: you yeah yeah you're throwing
0: me you're throwing me so i really like those and they've recently um because i've got the porsche with the the endurance module and they've recently released some sticker sets uh for those so um yeah some some great looking liveries You, you can you can have uh recent ones and obviously retro uh too so uh yeah you can Pretend you're driving your favorite favourite team's car. So uh, I'm sure you'd be buying some Ferrari ones, wouldn't you, Davide?
1: Absolutely. I've already seen that there are <laughs> quite a few options. So very good looking.
0: Yeah, options. they are very, very good. And to be honest with you, surprisingly easy to apply because I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Um, so, right. Um, anything else you want to say about Fanatec before we move on?
1: Well, what can I say more? They're they're basically on a roll this year. So <laughs> at this point I'm expecting for Christmas some uh, some big announcement. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, make the uh, the uh, the last shots in the fireworks uh, <laughs> for the final, Yeah, I end mean of I, year. I,
0: I I you know, I guess we're still waiting on the price for the Bentley wheel which we which we've already briefly touched on. True. True. But then like I say at, at the start of the podcast, you know, there is, there is a gap there. There is a gap and something has got to slot in that gap. Otherwise, I, I think they're missing something. They're missing something in the range. The fact they stopped selling the Club Sport 2.5 and that may have been a, a play. So they sold more CSL DDs. That may have been that. But when you look at it and you look at the price, there's, there's just a gap that something can slot into. And um, I'm waiting for that. That's what I'm waiting for. I mean, I have zero money to spend, but that's what I'm waiting for.
1: (laughs) Well, the important thing is to have the choice. Then you can make it whenever you feel best.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly that.
0: Right. Okay. So that's all the Fanatec news out of the way. Let's move on to the next topic. Right. Right. As you know, I'm a bit of a fan of Ballista 2, but I haven't played it for a little while. I went through a bit of a a a phase. I was working from home for quite a bit, and uh, I'm now back at the office, so my simming time is a little bit limited at the moment. But I'm a little bit excited about AMS 2 at the moment. And um, first things first, they've announced an eSports competition with uh, VW, the TSI Cup. Um, You know, Pretty standard kind of cars, really. But to be honest, they're the kind of cars that bring nice close racing. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a it's a um, particular collaboration that uh, uh, that they have with uh, not only uh, Volkswagen but also um, a specific. Uh, Brazilian uh, brand. Basically, I've read the story, uh, but I don't remember all of the names. It's uh, a competition that it's made in collaboration with Volkswagen and a YouTube channel, a Brazilian YouTube channel that basically um, uh, makes this competition in real life with this. um, I think that they are slightly modified cars or something like this. So they've decided to make it virtual, so for people to enjoy and also have the uh, ch- uh, chance to make some tournaments and, and and so on. So, yeah, the cars aren't crazy horsepower, they are uh, something that is close to what you actually can buy from a retailer with, you know, uh, yeah. some something, you know, uh, more racy uh, uh, on them. And, yeah, I mean, that's the... Um, that's perfect. First of all, because uh, it's something closer to what you can have experience of because uh, the majority of us, uh, when they have a, a car, it's just a normal car. Maybe some some of us uh, are lucky enough to buy something a little bit sportier, but you know, it's a, just a minority of people, those that actually buy sports cars. So it's something that you are more familiar with and something that can prove talent of drivers more compared to, to something, you know, more exotic. So I think that it's going to prove uh, a great car for, uh, for challenges and for tournaments uh, from, from that are going to be made available from Reza.
0: Indeed, indeed. So um, it's the, it's, as you say, it's in partnership with Volkswagen Brazil. And Acelerados, I don't know how you pronounce it. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the name.
0: So it's the Volkswagen Polo and Virtus for AMS2. And what's really good about this, this particular release is they've also, at the same time, released this part as a demo in Steam. So if you haven't checked out Auto Blister 2, obviously you're not going to get any of the fast cars. Um, you get uh in the demo you get a custom event uh test day time trial game modes and it includes the Volkswagen Polo and the Virtus TSI 1.0 and the track available is the Autodromo Velas Velocitter I I I'm not excuse my pronunciation and there are three layouts of that track um and it's I think it's kind of a realization from from Razor is that the, the multiplier needs a bit of work and I and we'll get on to the uh, dev update that they posted today uh, of the day of recording, that, you know, the multiplier functionality of AMS2 definitely needs to work and they also mentioned that in the interview they did with Mike uh, over at Race Department, uh, so go and check it out on the YouTube channel if you haven't already, um, you know, and they've acknowledged that when, when ga- the games have changed, you know, it was more about, I think we touched on this uh, a couple of episodes ago, Day, where originally it was all about the offline play. But now the multiplayer element has a, is a bigger part and it brings these communities together. Um, and I think you, we've seen that with other games where they do ranking and so forth and people absolutely thrive on that kind of system. And um, and it looks like they're bringing it to AMS too, but it's it's more than that. It's it's just the the UI and the interaction and and things just need a bit of work. But obviously, I know you haven't played it, so I'm not expecting you to um, to comment on on those particulars. Um, but then, no, but yeah,
1: I, I, yeah, I can understand the uh, the importance of the multiplayer. I think that nowadays it it is vital. I mean, especially with. Uh, what happened in the market in the last uh, year and a half. So, I mean, just uh, look at myself and what I was saying at the starting of this podcast, the fact that I was doing in ACC uh, hot lab challenges, online hot lab challenges, because, I mean, uh, even if uh, you do not, do not have the time to make races, if there is the possibility to have uh, an asynchronous online uh, uh, competition, like, for example, uh, those available with hotlap challenges, it's still better than, you know, hotlaping on your own, because um, we like, in for our nature, to compare ourselves uh, to others. And online makes you able to do that. So uh, every team uh, needs um, in this day and age, to make uh, the player able to compete against uh, uh, other drivers, whether it is with uh, synchronous challenges like races uh, and uh, and seasons, uh, or asynchronous with hot laps, hot stints and so on. But uh, uh, of course it's, it's preferable because uh, you get more of a sense of, uh, you know, of achievement of progress because when you see that for example in a specific uh, uh, race or challenge you used to come out in uh, let's say around the uh, 15th 16th, 16th position and then a, a month later you are in the uh, top 10 region you know it's uh, it's a good feeling because you know that you have gotten better and if this is goes along with the uh, rank statistics uh, you Know it makes something pop in our mind that uh, makes us happy because it gives a sense of uh progress, yeah, so, an achievement, yeah, 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 yeah that, that cannot come uh, with an offline. Indeed. Uh, and,
0: and also, I, I've um, uh, I've done a couple of races, I did a race during the week, and I've also backed during a league on a, on a Saturday evening. And um, and to practice, I did a few AI races, you know, like you kind of. It's it's not the same as racing against humans, and that was that was the thing. It's that the AI in, in ACC is is so predictable, and in and in most games they are because you learn their strengths and weaknesses. But when you race against proper people, it's just it's just something entirely different. Um, and it and I had some there was some aggressive moves from a certain race I was up against. He was weaving down one of the straights at Silverstone, which. Technically isn't allowed, but um, and he was, you know, tried to not give me any room to get round him. But I made it. I made it stick. I was just had to be aggressive back to make the move, and it and it worked. And there was a, a, a sense of achievement. And whilst overtaking the AI is an achievement in itself, it doesn't give you the same kind of feeling. So, yeah, um, multiplayer, not just multiplayer. I don't do public lobbies. I do, you know, I do leagues. I do organized events that are stewarded, and, and that brings a whole different different ball game and and, it, and i would like to see ams take a part of that because i think it is a it is a good game it is it, it's still got some issues and there's no denying that but it's making good good progress and so we were so i think there's two updates from from razer coming to ams 2 this month um and uh they tweeted out on november the 19th that um they, um, they were going to publish the dev update, part two, because they published one at the of early, the early month. Yeah. And along with the first big game update of the month. But then, sadly, the following day, they announced we spotted a major bug in the physics, meaning no AMS 2 update will be deployed for a few more days. The good news is this will lead to, yes, another big improvement to physics for, for the cars it affected by it. So they've obviously spotted something... Um, and then they also said that the dev update part two is coming, and that yes, has been released. So there's some big updates as part of this. Um, so they announced, which we just mentioned, the AMS two demo update. Some big physics overhauls coming in version one point three around the drive line and also. I mean, there's so much there. It talks about the case from Clutch LSD. I mean, I haven't. We haven't got time to go through every little bit of uh, detail. And it talks about the drive. Yeah, as I said, the driver. They're also talking about force feedback updates as well, um, and around some changes around AI. And then this is big uh, multiplayer rating system, which is still in. It's still going to be in beta. Beta beta um, in version 1.3. But the system is, it does say the system is heavily based on the legacy system featured in Project Cars 2 with several adjustments. More details about it to be shared in a dedicated thread shortly before release. So they'll post that on their own forums. So that's great to see. And I know that's one of the criticisms that people have around AMS 2 is that a lot of the content they are releasing. Is in Project Cars Two,
1: yeah.
0: but but why not? I mean, if it's there yeah. and the assets are True. there, it just it makes sense. Yeah, you know, they can concentrate on making it on making it better.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, we can say uh, all we want about uh, Pickers One and Pickers Two, which were the more sim-like oriented uh, uh, games from the Project Car series. But I mean, one thing that we can all agree about is that. Especially Pickers 2 had a great lineup of cars and trucks. So, <laughs> you know, if you can, why not uh, take advantage of that? I mean, I, I myself hope that uh, all of the vintage cars and trucks that were in Pickers 2 can uh, and will se- translate in AMS 2 <laughs> because they, they were uh, really uh, a great selection. So, uh, I mean, if you can get a uh, a very good car a very good truck even if it was uh, you know in the uh, sister pro- uh, sister or brother product why why not i mean why preclude yourself from that possibility yeah, uh, yeah. it's a it's a you know it's one of those situations when maybe people try um, you know, or maybe like to make a fuss over something that you know isn't really a problem just <laughs> just you know yeah, to yeah. to steer to steer the pot
0: yeah yeah and then um the bit i'm really genuinely excited about is uh, the racing usa part two uh dlc's coming um there are three parts to this package uh, but they said uh in this time round the cars um that they are going to be releasing are the um Single seater, uh, Raynards, Swifts, and Lola Indy cars and Champ cars from the nineteen nineties, and that brings me m- back memories of IndyCar when I, which came out in the nineties on by Papyrus, and I am genuinely excited about this. They go on to say the cars will make up what we will call the Formula USA class in the game in three generations. Gen one will feature models from the nineteen ninety five IndyCar season the last before the series infamously split. And then there'll be Gen 2, which will have models from the 1998 season when Alex Linardi reigned supreme. And then we have the Gen 3 featuring the models from 2000s. The performance peak of the champ car era enable historical feats, such as Jill DeForen's closed course record average speed. And there's also gonna be three tracks to this, okay? So the three tracks to feature in the pack will be Watkins Watkins Glen, um, even though you know, the cars weren't actually there. The unique Cleveland temporary road course set, which is set on the Burke Lake front Airport, and um, and there's one third, one third and final track which they're keeping stum about. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, I wish it was this. I wish it was that." Um, I mean, they do like a road, a road circuit in IndyCar, so I'd imagine that it's going to be a road circuit of some description. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be good. I mean, they're they're, download, they're they're splitting it up a little bit with the content. But I can't wait to try these cars, David. I'm a little yeah. bit
1: excited about this. Yeah, first of all, they're legend, legendary cars. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, one of the most like. Uh, mod for the original Air factor and then AMS was the uh, the IndyCar mod with uh, the I believe it was the 1998 uh, cars. So and I mean in general we don't get enough uh, uh, American racing, <laughs> both in uh, cars and trucks in uh, in Sims. So. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll get more and more from AMS and in general uh, a trend uh, of the like uh, in sim racing. Also, because I would, I I will say this now, I'm uh, liking more USA trucks than European trucks. <laughs> they are they are more raw. They are more uh, you know they they have something more of a genuine feeling to it compared to European trucks. They. Uh, it's like they're they are stuck in a positive way in a different uh, time where racing was more uh, was more genu- genuine more unpredictable uh, and you know uh, they're great tracks so the more the merrier and uh, well what do you do you like an oval track well, ovals, uh, I, you're right. I, I should have specified that I was, to, I was talking about uh, uh, road courses. Uh, ovals, uh, I can't say because I haven't uh, driven on ovals all that much. So I've no, done, I've done no. in, in all of my sim racing experience, I've done just a couple races. So I cannot give a... <laughs> so the, no. the
0: last time I, I raced an, an oval track would have been probably one of the Daytona games back in the day. Um, Mm -hmm. and i definitely raced them back on the days of the old pc games the indie 500 game but that was probably it and i'll be honest overalls don't necessarily appeal to me but they might others and you never know because they're coming to ams2 as part of the part 3 usa pack racing usa pack so You know, and there's gonna be something for everyone. Um, They've said here that um, USA Part Three, Racing USA Part Three, even will introduce oval tracks to Autopista Two, which will also we will see the all Formula USA models in Part Two receiving that oval spec variants. Because I don't know if you know that, but they run different wings for the oval tracks um, when they when they go there. and it, they also say, while part three of Racing USA will take a bit longer than originally planned into 2022, the delay will see more tracks being added to the package than originally planned at no extra cost. Which is absolutely fantastic. So, um, yeah, some oval tracks for people, which is, um, you know, some will get excited by that. I mean, some have, have, have commented that I've seen today about the fact that, you know, it'll only work if there's a safety car and things like that and it behaves like real um, oval racing. And I think that's a fair point. People want realism. Um, But then one final thing they've announced is we are happy to confirm we're in final stages of a licensing agreement with Nissan. So, um, and they're saying that um, you can see, hopefully see several models from the brand coming to AMS2, if not already in 1.3, but very soon after. And they go on to say there are at least two more major manufacturer deals we're looking to wrap up before the end of the year. All of which will which lead into various existing classes of the game being expanded with new competitors, competitors over the course of 2022. So watch this space.
1: There's a lot I, going I on expe- there. I, I was expecting you to put some sound effect when you said uh, Nissan uh, because it's such an iconic brand. So I was expecting some, you know, some effect. Like- yeah.
0: do, you know, do you know what? I didn't even... Hold on a second. Uh, I don't know if this... Go, go, go ahead. No, that's a laugh. Hold on. That's Just a laugh. It doesn't really work, does it? Anyway, right. Um, that's, all, that's all I've got. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot coming there. I mean, and, like I said earlier on, it, it is a good game, and it is beautiful. And it did start a little bit rocky. And while some of the cars, we, I've touched on this before, are still aren't where they probably need to be. From a, from me perspective, other people's opinions may vary. Some people are, are kind of coming out and questioning. You know, should they keep on releasing new content um, rather than rather than fixing some of these issues that people are are seeing? And I guess from each individual's perspective it's what's important to them um not everybody will necessarily feel the same but again those kind of people tend to be most vocal
1: yeah but it's also you know something that um affects uh, different uh, sides of the studio because if you're doing for example uh, a new car you are involving uh, the 3d modeler for for vehicles the physics guy and the sound guy. Uh, If you're doing a track, you're involving the 3D model for the track, the guy that does uh, textures, assets, uh, and so on. While instead, the changes on on the core of the game are done done from the the coders, which are not involved in cars and trucks, of course, because they they have no reason for it unless the car uh, needs a specific system to work uh, at full realism, like for example, if you know you have to implement DRS or CARES or something like that. But that's usually a pretty straightforward, of, of course, quote unquote, for for someone that knows what is what is or she's doing. But you know, having new content for a ZIM for a sim doesn't mean that they aren't working uh, on the foundations of it at the same time, <laughs> on the contrary, uh, they are probably very much doing because it means that they are just, you know, having different people uh, working yeah, on yeah, different Yeah,
0: that's, that's a good point. I, I think we have kind of like touched on this previously and, um, you know, but it, it's, I guess people want what they want and if they if they don't get what they want, then they're never happy. So it's, it yeah god forbid being a developer of a of a a game um and uh, especially something as niches as as sim racing um but yeah uh, some great some great kind of news coming out of razor studios at the moment it's looking promising it's continues to heading in the right direction i can't wait to get my hands on the indycar i do hope they live up to my expectations otherwise i might cry um but you know even if they're not i i trust in razer to to get them where they need to be and i, and I know they'll listen to users feedback but I, I i can't wait to start doing multiplayer races with people that i know and trust and you know want to see what the game can really start to deliver so um it's quite hey, if
1: good. you if you have any special requests, just tell me and I'll contact Renato. Yeah,
0: well, this is it. Yeah, so if you could just yeah, if you you're, you're guessing, you're texting Renato at, like every day. So
1: yeah, I, to- yeah, I told yeah. him that we're we're going to discuss a uh, uh, sim tonight, so he, he knows everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, ev- everything. Yeah. 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 True. Okay. On that bombshell, let's move on to the next topic. So let's briefly talk Forza Horizon 5. Have you ever played any of the Forza Horizon games, Davide?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Well, that's the end of this section then, isn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and um, i played a few of them. I think I've, I've owned a, cup, a couple of them. And um, when I had more time, because they, they, they're pretty much open world games, games and they do take a lot of time to uh, to play and over the years again you know talking about multiplayer they've really started to develop that and I have to say the screenshots and and people and there's a few sim racers I know that have been playing it and they've been posting pictures it looks unbelievable um and a lot has got into the aesthetics the sound um, there's there's obviously in-game music where you can change the radio and so forth in it. But what is really fascinating is the the market that Forza Horizon seems to be able to hit in comparison to the likes of you know Assetto Corsa and Assetto Corsa Concisione and R Factor Two and so forth. Because I don't know if you saw, but on November the eleventh, Mike Mike uh, posted an article uh, around the user base. That uh, So it starts less than a week after it was released. Microsoft has announced that 6 million players have tried Forza Horizon 5. Now, I think some of that is going to be to the fact that it's in Game Pass, which is a really smart move from Microsoft. Obviously, it's not going to be um, the, uh, the premium edition, you know, the top expensive edition, but it's going to get people to try it and then potentially you know, buy that version and make Microsoft um, a lot of money. But um, what it says here as well is on November the 5th, nearly 800,000 owners of the premium edition of Forza Horizon 5 played Playgrounds Games' newest racing title. In the week since, that number has grown to over 6 million players across PC, Xbox and cloud uh, platforms. And just a small number of 4.5 million players enjoyed the game on the first day alone that is a phenomenal number
1: isn't it yeah they are absolutely incredible because um the 4.5 million players i was reading also in another article that were basically people that uh, have bought the game in the uh, premium uh, version or deluxe or whatever is the name for it that Basically allowed you to play the game before day one. Uh, I believe uh, three or five days before. Um, so if you do a simple <laughs> mathematic count and multiply a hundred dollars, which is what costed that version that gave you pre uh, access to the to the game, for let's just say four million people. You get <laughs> how many? A, okay, lot, how a much lot of money. money. A,
0: lot, a, lot, yeah, of, a out, lot of money. How much yeah. money? And,
1: yeah. you know, I, it, th- this is my complaint with Force Horizon. I mean, I would like to play it, but it costs so much because for the standard version, you have to pay 70 euros. I mean, I understand that you have a lot of people involved in a project like this because they have 500 cars on launch and the map is a very big map. I mean, it's an open world map, uh, uh, like GDR level, uh, map, but you know, they're also making a lot of money <laughs> in return. So maybe, you know, Microsoft, you can lower the price a little bit for us, you know, or maybe, or maybe make, you know, something like a starter pack edition that costs, uh, costs half, but gives, gives you something like, you know, just hundred cars. I would gladly <laughs> pay for it. I mean, 100 cars are more than, more than enough for me. So, the, this is my complete with First Horizon, and the the price is quite steep. I mean, uh, I, think, uh, I
0: think I think I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other weekend about computer games and the pricing, and you know, in in reality, it, it, it's it's all in line with inflation. I mean, you know, I mean, true, it's, it, 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 it is, and it, um, but. it's still in my eyes, they are very, very expensive. And, you know, when you look, I mean, stepping away from sim racing just for for a moment, when you look at Cyberpunk uh, that was released and it had all of these bugs, and you've also got the same uh, potentially with the recent Battlefield game uh, that's come out, you know, people praying big money for these games. Um, and they're coming out with enormous bugs. And, and, I, and I know that the gaming industry has always released games, as long as I can remember, with bugs, I, as long as I can remember. But maybe, maybe COVID has a part to play with that. People working remotely, not being able to communicate as effectively and being in the same building. And and also, you know, they've got people at the top who, you know, they're um, people that are putting money in that want to wanna see their returns um, and that and that drives a, a, a culture of pressure and to meet deadlines. And I know that Cyberpunk was delayed a few times. Um, and, you know, it's still a big update to the game is still to come. And that's been delayed until next year. So, and it seems to be happening more and more and more. And when a game like this comes out, like Forza Horizon 5, and I know it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, you could argue Battlefront is the same, where it's just a reincarnation every so often and forza horizon 5 is another reincarnation of the previous game forza horizon 4 cleverly named um you know it's still an achievement that they're able to release a game like that without any major hiccups because i've not seen anybody complain about it okay you know if you're a sim racer you jump into forza horizon 5 you know let's be honest it's physics probably aren't going to be what you're looking for but Take it for what it is, it's a fun arcade racer. Go and enjoy it. Not everything doesn't have to be serious all the time. But yeah. what is fascinating is when you go onto the website Metacritic, which is a great resource for you know combining all the kind of reviews from all the all the online publishers that review games and all the magazines and so on, but also the user users can go in there and review. Its meta score is 92% from reviews, which is unbelievable but its user score is 8.7. And the reviews for it have been like, I've seen people just comment on it saying how amazing it is. And you know what? I haven't dipped my toe into it. And I said to work at work today is I could get game pass. I had game pass, but you know what? I never used game pass. So I felt like I was just wasting my money. And of course, like, you know, I could go and plomp a few, a few bob on top of Horizon 5. Like, do you know what? I probably would enjoy it, but I'll be honest with you. I haven't got the time to play it. I've got, I haven't even finished Cyberpunk. I've got, Do you know how many games I buy and don't play? It's, ridic- <laughs> it's ridiculous because I don't have the time. I don't have it. Like, you know, after work, what do I want to do? I want to sit down on the sofa. I've been sat at a computer all day. But anyway, I've digressed.
1: It's a, no, cra- I mean, a cracking-looking
0: yeah, like, game, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, about the Metacritic score, you're right that there is something that's... Uh, something doesn't add, add up. And I think that the uh, the problem with this is uh, this time the community. Because, for example, um, if you go to the Metacritic page for, for the Horizon 5, as you were saying, but for the PC version, you can see that uh, from critic reviews, there are 17 all positive. And if you go instead to the user reviews, you get... Aside from the mixed, which are twenty four hundred and two uh, yeah hundred and two positives and the ninety four negatives, so basically just as much negatives to positive. So this makes me wonder if the critic reviews are all positives, and instead the user reviews. Well, I'll be honest. Are... There,
0: there, are, there are I'll be honest. There there are some bugs with the PC version.
1: Yeah, true. But yeah. at the same time. Uh, <laughs> because I see, I see this not only with Forza Horizon, I see this also with uh, with other products, uh, other racing games, and sometimes even I did it myself. Uh, we are probably uh, uh, expecting too much nowadays from the titles that we want to play. I mean, there was a time back uh, 20 years ago, I would say up until even 10 years ago, where we would love a a new title, uh, even if, you know, had a few bugs here and there, because it was something new, it was something um, making uh, you feel and try something, uh, something new and something that uh, uh, you couldn't otherwise experience. Nowadays, that we are, um, that we have so much, we probably have lost that kind of, uh, you know, objective uh, feeling that. These are at the end of the day are games. You shouldn't be expecting the impossible out of it. You should just expect something that is fun. Yeah,
0: and I I don't think that's a problem. With when you look at when you compare the reviews, as you say, on the Xbox and the PC version from user base. I mean, PC users are are complaining about crashes, and you know, and I can see why you would mark a game down for that. But but also tends to be that the more casual gamers are on the console and. You know and and they're looking for that and and like i say if you're if you are looking for something a bit more hardcore on the pc that's not what forza horizon is but you know i i do know um that there was an update to the game and i think it didn't really improve things for some so and the thing is when you build gotta remember when you build a game from the console each console's got the same hardware it's exactly the same as we know in the pc market there are many different types of motherboards different gpus different processors different modules of ram you know different power supplies i mean it's endless There's, there are going to be some issues but when i said the game doesn't have bugs it doesn't have bugs with things flying in the air and whatnot it doesn't have those kind of weirdnesses it doesn't have cars falling through the map and things like that. yeah the crashes are great um, and unfortunately, they're going to happen in a PC world. That I think that's kind of the nature of what it is. But it's still an impressive feat that what they have achieved, and it's a great looking game. And at some point, I might get a copy and and have a go and have a blast and just have some fun with it because I I think it's just yeah, it could be a, a little bit of fun, you know. There's nothing wrong Absolutely. with that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's something that you know you're supposed to relax it back on your couch and uh, and enjoy for for what it is that is uh, as yeah. these are not my words a celebration of cars uh, and of car culture i mean the fact itself that it has 500 different cars i mean it's basically a virtual museum you can try and enjoy what you like and you can also modify it that's also the beauty of first horizon you can also have your personal tweak and touch on the car so exactly yeah it's something that you want to enjoy again uh, for what it represents uh, an audit to car culture and uh, uh, having fun with everything that has four wheels on it Indeed.
0: Right. Okay. So that's Forza Horizon 5. Nicely talked about. Let's move on to the next topic. So I think as is the last podcast of the year for us, and there's still two races of the F1 season remaining following this weekend in Qatar, um, which Lewis Hamilton uh, was victorious. And he's now only, I believe, eight points behind the championship leader, Max Verstappen. I thought it was worth just having a little chat about how the season's gone so far and who we think is going to win the championship uh, with two races um, to go. Um, David Day, um, Ferrari have gone past McLaren. You must be pleased about that. They're coming in third in the constructors.
1: Yeah, I must say that I am because at the start of the season, <laughs> we we as Italians were hoping for such a, a good result. I mean, we Italians are also very uh, we we like to critique a lot uh, Ferrari. We we expect it always to be on the top of the podium. But, you know, the fact itself that it is on the podium, considering uh, from where it. It came last year. It's uh, it's great. Also considering that uh, the opposition uh, uh, for third place was from McLaren, which put uh, uh, a stellar performance this year, mainly thanks to to Lando. But uh, you know, it's a, it was a very solid car. It is a very solid car. So to have uh, something like 40 points my boy
0: Lando you know he's been he's had he's been having a really good season unfortunately yeah. in Qatar he, he, he got a puncture like many other many other cars uh, going around the track Bottas being uh, uh, one of them and the two Williams also getting punctures those um, you know those curbs proving pretty dangerous to the Formula 1 cars after about around about 31 32 laps um, you know the carcasses coming off the coming off the wheels but um but yeah, it's it's been a, an interesting season. Um, do you have an opinion on the uh, Max Hamilton um, overtake in Brazil?
1: Uh, well, I must say that this season, this season, I am rooting for Max, but uh, I have to say that uh, that specific move wasn't particularly, you know, <laughs> clean or uh, oh. we could say. Sportsman's like <laughs> uh, it was you know one of those situations where you close your opponent and force him off the track and he's done it in the past uh, other times one for example in uh, Spielberg to Charles Leclerc uh, a couple years ago uh, but we have to say that also other drivers have done it in the past I mean in the exact same point in Spielberg let's remember roseberg uh, did it to Hamilton so yeah yeah uh, it, it's not the first time that happens and yeah. it should be something that is sanctioned in uh, an objective uh, way from fias what,
0: what is, i mean I, I guess it shouldn't surprise me but what what i find quite quite funny really is is how pent up the max verstappen fans tend to get they're quite they're um, They're breeding to themselves and you try and have a reasonable conversation with them. I'm not particularly a Lewis Hamilton fan, but because because he's British, of course I'm gonna want him to to succeed over Max Verstappen. You know, he's my fellow countryman. I mean, why wouldn't I? But you know, the same comments come out, oh, it's only because he's got the fastest car, oh, because he's got a dodgy wing, oh, because they found 50 brake more horsepower in the engine. It's like I you kind of like it's like, well, I'm not being funny, but. To win the championship, you kind of have got to have the fastest car. I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to know that, really, does yeah. it?
1: Yeah, I, but uh, you're right in, in saying you know, that there are quite a bit of childish comments on uh, on Twitter and, uh, yeah. And, yeah. and YouTube also. But I, I will have to say that I've seen them coming from all sides oh i know <laughs> so, it's pathetic so, isn't it
0: It's it, yeah. really, it really is it really is pathetic it's like yeah. I, I just i don't I, I don't understand it i don't really understand what what that achieves and you know you look at the f1 twitter and there's been the whole thing recently where i think it was trendy where it was just it was just horrible um, you know, it, it's social media unfortunately gives these people these voices, whether it be a Hamilton van, whether it be a Lando fan, or whether you know, I like to think I'm quite good at having a debate with someone and and, and you know, I might have I might have certain opinions and, and, and that's fine. But I think people need to remember that you can't just go and make accusations of any sort because you don't like that particular driver. Um, whether that be for whatever reason that may be. And and that's a whole other ball game, which I'm not going to go into here. But, you know, like I kind of like, I'll be honest, I thought the Max move on Hamilton was, I just think, an accident. I don't think he intentionally did anything. Um, I felt like it was a bit of a racing incident. And I think, would I I think that if it was a track where he couldn't run off? I don't know. But I try to, because ju- what happens is, is there is an incident between Max and, and and Hamilton or or whoever else, and someone always refers to, well, what about this incident or what about that? But I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't care about the previous incident. Let's focus on this incident in particular, because otherwise you just start to muddy the waters. Um, my initial reaction during the race was, yeah, I felt that, Max was overly aggressive but I think honestly I think he genuinely just he just braked too deep um and I don't think he realized how wide the car was going to go and if you look at the onboards for me he doesn't really appear to turn into Hamilton um but I get that other opinions differ but I like you know like I say I'm not a Max fan by any stretch I don't want him to win and there have been moments where I'm like you know what? Yeah, Max, you're a naughty, naughty boy. Um, but in this particular case, I felt like because... A bit like because, you know, the boy who cried wolf. You ever heard that? You know, where somebody... Yeah. Somebody who tends to tell porkies, and then when they're actually telling the truth, everybody thinks they're telling porkies still. I kind of feel like that for Max a little bit here. I feel like everybody's judging him on his previous instances, and I... And, it, and the thing is, it's a bit like, okay, Gasly at the weekend, right? With Max Verstappen behind him, he runs wide out the final corner. And people are like, oh, we did that on purpose. Did he? Who knows? Like, And I feel like that's the same with the, the Max on board. It doesn't conclusively, conclusively show me that he did something intentionally
1: there. I don't know. Uh, I it's judge- hard, isn't it? Yeah, true. I mean, at the end of the day, you would have to be in the in that people in that person' mind to <laughs> to yeah, be one hundred percent sure. Ex-
0: exactly, yeah, exactly that. that.
1: But uh, you know, from my point of view, I think that in these kind of situations, uh, um, you can have a somewhat um, objective uh, way of tell, but by looking at the uh, technical data, the first of the first of all, the steering wheel. I mean. You can see from how much it was turned. You can have a you know, uh, uh, you can understand pretty much uh, what was happening. And then, of course, the telemetry also can tell you can tell you more. Uh, from my point of view, uh, Max, as I said, tried to close uh, Lewis. Uh, I wouldn't have given him a penalty uh, as it didn't happen because, uh, first of all. As I've said, this exactly uh, this exact same move happened in the past uh, with other drivers, not just Max. Second of all, I mean, you could see that uh, Lewis was in a superior position. In fact, just one lap later, uh, the overtake was done for good. So there was no point in a in a penalty. Uh, I would say that uh, I agree. Uh, I think it was Science that said said this that. This kind of situation would have been avoided for sure if you know you had uh, sand gravel traps um, on the outside of uh, of corners uh, like we had in the past. Uh, and I would add also if the FIA was also more uh, you know uh, uh, coherent is that the word in their penalties because especially this year FIA consistent you mean, mean talking about sorry, consistent. yeah okay yeah uh, I, I think that I, uh, I feel that FIA the FIA this year especially has been a bit of a hit and miss in their penalties let me and ask you this it's also a problem. let
0: me ask you this right if Alonso had done that move to sebastian vettel do you think there would have been a penalty
1: well, honestly, because part, part I, of me wonders,
0: right? Part of me wonders is where, like, and I'm not, and I, I still, I still genuinely believe, right, that I, I, I don't think there's anything conclusively saying that Max did anything wrong, right? And that's where I'm standing. But I'm just kind of just asking questions here, right? So because we've seen similar moves further back, and I wonder if because because it's like the the lead of the race, or or potentially going to have championship implications, huge. sometimes the stewards might take a different view on if it's a battle for p9 or p8
1: sorry i was muted uh true uh but uh as i was saying looking at the past uh, i would answer your question no because uh looking at similar situations They have never been sanctioned, aside from one exception, um, which is uh, Canada 2019, I believe, when uh, Vettel uh, received a five second penalty for closing Hamilton, which was, uh, you know, it caused quite a bit of fuss back in the day. But in every other uh, similar situation, this kind of move has never been uh, penalized, though. I don't think that it it would have been if it implied other two drivers, Aldo or Aldao. I don't re- remember the, <laughs> where the accent is. Um, I agree with you that it seems like the FIA is trying, you know, as much as they can to preserve this battle between these two drivers uh, because of course, you know, they bring audience in. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people uh, getting an interest of in F1 this year, uh, that have uh, people that have never been interested in cars before so uh, this season is proving uh uh, how can i say um good in the interest of the uh, uh, the license owners of the f1 uh, brand yeah yeah
0: yeah it's a um
1: in, okay, going going back, sorry, uh, going back to your original objection yeah, about the fact that the, question, the Max, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Max fans uh, are, uh, you know, uh, criticizing uh, Lewis Cars. Um, I would say that there are two different problems uh, here. The first of all is that um, uh, the majority of people doesn't like uh, a Mercedes, and this is something that you know. Also, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I think that name is Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> um, the first name, uh, as um, as pointed out, uh, quite a harsh way. So I don't approve the way he he said some things. But it is to be said that uh, Mercedes hasn't made themselves quite a likable character in these last few years because quite a few times, they have forced their hand and show their political muscle by having some rules changed and having some situation uh, done that would have have been uh, approved from any other team. I mean, let's remember just last year the, the, uh, the DAS system. I mean, no other team would have been allowed to keep it for the entire season. And I, don't, I
0: Well, we don't the, know that. That's just that's the, just theory, uh, isn't it? We don't. The, I mean, we have to be careful. We, we don't know. We don't know that for sure.
1: Yeah, we 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 can say but that we, we don't know hypof- for sure, but, we're
0: hypothesing. Yeah, hypothesizing.
1: But we can say yeah. we can say from other situation that other teams have uh, in the past uh, uh, in the hybrid era. Um, Put some new elements on their cars, and they've been immediately banned.
0: Nah, well, I mean, we. I think we have to quit. To take you back to Ferrari and the whatever they were doing to the engine, and 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 you know, and never really publicly came out. You know, that's the that's the FIA protecting Ferrari, one of the biggest brands in the world, or you know, so. You know, Ferrari has their own weight that they can throw behind things, and I think, and, and I'll be honest, I think that's one of the things that one of the reasons why they've managed to progress this season. You know, when they, when you compare it to McLaren, um, who don't have the kind of the backing and the finances that Ferrari have, you know, they've really, Ferrari been able to drive themselves forward um, this season, as where McLaren, as we know, have been in a bit of a bit of money trouble, trouble, and there was a rumor. Not long ago, that there's a there's a takeover coming from Audi, but um, McLaren made a statement and to try and squash that. But generally, there isn't smoke without fire. But you know, and the fact that you know a well-known magazine in the UK reported that, um, you know, suggests that something's something's afoot. But obviously, time will tell. Um, but kind of bringing it back to the racing a little bit. Um, in the last previous rounds to Qatar i mean it's it's been pretty close between max and lewis we we've, we've seen some genuinely close racing out on track um and it it still amazes me that likes of bottas and perez can't keep up with their teammates which which you know i agree the, the, the mercedes is probably the best car and but you got to I you mean you know you got to have the best car to win i mean when when michael schumacher was winning all those championships i mean you know he not only is he a great driver but he also had the best car i mean you can't you cannot get away from that at all yeah having yeah. the best car does help but you have still got to keep it on the track no, you still I, got to I, do still I, got to do your
1: job i but, think Paul that the, that the problem is that uh we could say that you know um uh, if you look at the situation from an uh, i would say an objective point of view but of course the objective point of view of someone that is not behind the uh, uh, teams uh, you know uh, garages yeah. is that uh, there is something uh, a bit weird going on because if you look at the quali laps uh, in brazil and in uh, qatar from uh, hamilton yeah he's been both times half a second faster than first happen yes and i mean people rightly ask, where does this time comes from? Because uh, Mercedes hasn't evolved the car, hasn't made any, uh, I mean, allegedly changed the car. So half a second, which is a lot nowadays. I mean, we're not talking uh, cars from the sixties or seventies. Here, nowadays, already a tenth of a second is a lot. Imagine half a second, where does this come from? So, you know, this is why you know uh, the situation with Max fans uh, arises and uh, uh, some of them tend to become uh, quite problematic in their comments, <laughs> but the situation <laughs> comes from the problem that uh, uh, you see Hamilton putting in these laps and you think, where did he get alpha second from?
0: Yeah, yeah. Apart part of me also wonders whether these tracks kind of suit the Mercedes more. Um, because we've seen that in the past. And, and even back in, you know, even when Red Bull didn't have what was considered a competitive car over the last couple of seasons, you know, at certain tracks, Max has been able to get wins, you know, Austria being one of them. Um, so, you know, the the Red Bull's always had its its strengths. And there have also been question marks about the flexibility of the the rear Red Bull. Wing. And I'm sure there are other nuances in other cars, but because the, the Mercedes and the Red Bull are leading the way, that's where people's focus tends to be. You don't tend to pay attention to a Williams, even though they're, you know, they're way back down the grid. Um, they might still have something naughty on there that people haven't paid attention to because they're not at, at the forefront. And, and, and when you're at the top, unfortunately, in the in any sport, people are always looking to knock you down they'll find wherever they can. And it's always been in Formula One. People will always try to break the rules, manipulate the rules, so to speak, you know, find loopholes and, you know, gain gain um, an advantage. But the racing out on track between Lewis and Max has been phenomenal this season. It's It's been great to have not, you know, not two teammates fighting against each other. It's been great having two opposite teams fighting, but... You know, if you were Max and you were and you were Hamilton, you you you'll be surely you want more from your teammates. I mean, they have both been at times very disappointing this season.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure, they haven't always delivered the uh, the results that uh, they were expected to. But uh, I will say that from Paris, uh, I mean it was the first season in this new car for him. So uh, I think that uh, given the situation, uh, uh, I mean, he has been terrific all in all considered. Uh, Bottas is a different situation altogether because I think that um, um, he was in a not-so-good place mentally up until the Alfa Romeo announcement. And in fact, there was a shift. Yes, after there that. was. Yeah, uh, it it was as if he felt all of a sudden free from such uh, from <laughs> yeah, some burdens. Yeah, yeah like an oppression uh, or something. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. It's understandable because in the past years, uh, Mercedes were keeping him on a leash with the you know single year contract. Yeah. So it was an enormous pressure on him, and you know I think that uh, I can understand why Mercedes did that. But at the same time, I think that if they have given him uh, more uh, um, uh, more um, assurance and at the same time more freedom, he maybe could have expressed himself more because Bottas is a very good driver. So, yeah, bringing to a close your, uh, your question. I think that, yeah, in an ideal world, they should have done more, but given the Meanings that the, the 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 chance that they have for different reasons, uh, new car and uh, psychological burdens and all that, uh, they did uh, the best they could.
0: Yeah, and if you can have a word, if you can call up the Ferrari principle, just have a word and tell Carlos to not hit Lando. That'd be great.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's part of racing. It's you do of know what? Racing.
0: What's really nice is that those two still get on really well away from the track. There was a there was a Sky Sports piece which I haven't watched all of it, but you know they they went golfing with Damon Hill and they kind of jokingly reenacted the coming together with their golf, but you know with their golf trolleys. Um, which you know they did. It's it's good that they can kind of look look beyond those and 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 still have you know a respect from each other. Um, away from from the track, and it's good to see that bromance is still flourishing, even though Carlos is, you know, is now racing for the enemy. But um, but but in all in all seriousness, I, I'm really pleased for Carlos. I think, you know, he's done brilliantly uh, this season, and often has outperformed Charles.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was a very good season from him. I, again, he also was in a new car uh, this year, so uh, I mean, there's just uh, seven and a half point between them. So I mean, what can you want more from him? <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you that it's nice to see all their teammates uh, uh, going, uh, you know, going along and uh, having a good relationship. I mean, I've also noticed that, for example, uh, Richardo seems to be giving, paying a visit to Max every now and then. And, uh, you know it warms the heart because it's I yeah don't that's like.
0: nice that because when they yeah. were
1: teammates it,
0: it got a little bit heated at one point didn't it so yeah. um it's and, nice uh, it's nice to see that and and just one thing just to, just to touch on obviously a couple of things to touch on russell's obviously moving to mercedes next year so we'll see what you know what he can do in a, in a team like that towards the end of this season with his williams he, he seems to be dropping off a little bit he you know even latifi's kind of giving a, a run for his money but um, we obviously say goodbye to Kimi Raikkonen and um, and is leaving Formula One as well going to to yeah. Formula E so yeah, um, yeah so a, a, a new a totally new lineup for um, for Alfa Romeo um, next season which if is...
1: they're still going to be called Alfa Romeo <laughs> we are, we'll have to see if they're gonna change uh, change name.
0: True, true, true.
1: There, there, there's, this, there's that possibility. They, they were going to be sold to Andretti Motorsports, so who can say if uh, they're not going to you know, sell the team to another manufacturer?
0: So, give me your prediction. Who's going to win the championship with two races remaining?
1: Uh, if I was to, uh, to tell with my heart, I would say Max, because I hope he it, it wins. Um, but... If I would have to go with my brain I would say Lewis because uh, I mean as I said before half a second uh, I don't see how we can how can Max stop that
0: uh, Do you uh, as we've seen as we've seen with previous seasons do you think we might see an incident where both cars don't finish the race
1: uh, In the last race you mean uh, Well I
0: mean it depends on the next round on the next round cuz I mean, you know, Lewis can close that gap or maybe even take the lead in the championship if if he can win the next race in Saudi Arabia. So a new track, which we're going to as well, um, following Qatar as well. Um, you know, two new tracks back to back, which I think is the first time since something like yeah, something in the two, early 2000s. Um, I can't remember what the date the year was, but it might be 2004. But part of me also thinks it might be 2007. Uh, one of those is right, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. We've, you know, Schumacher ruthlessly potentially taking out a rival to win the championship.
1: Yeah, ninety-seven. What are
0: the what? I mean, you know, what are the what are the chances? I mean, it, it could, couldn't it? It could.
1: There, there it, are different situations that can happen here because. <laughs> first we've seen of all, it
0: before. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, so first 먼저, of all. There, yeah, there. There's the situation that uh, there could be, you know, just as like uh, I, you know, I have to be tread carefully with my words here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially going with the Twitter F1, but you know, something similar to what happened in uh, Hungary uh, between Bottas and uh, Max. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no one can cannot say if that something like that could happen between parrots and hamilton <laughs> there's that yeah, there's one yeah, situation
0: yeah possible. it could yeah it could be yeah no indeed indeed i mean there is you know, the, 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 the second teammate the teammate could play a very important part yeah yeah
1: there, there's also the situation where you know they they have found uh alpha second on lewis cars but who can say if they are pushing too much and uh, you know the engine gives up in one of these I mean, two races?
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, Mercedes have had some troublesome engine times this season, which is very yeah. unusual for Mercedes' engine. Yeah, um,
1: they've, they've said that it was our fault. It was Ferrari's fault <laughs> because well, I mean, Toto said that they pushed too much in 2019 and now they're paying uh, the consequences <laughs> of it. I, I'm not so sure. I mean, honestly, two years have passed, but it, it, it could be. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> now, I mean, you know, all all um, all, jo- all joking aside, it's 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 been a really memorable season, and, and I think the yeah. weather's the weather has played a part of that. Covid has, of course, played a part in that because we we've gone to some different tracks, uh, which is which is great to see. And I and I think some of those tracks are going to rain. I think Portimao is going to remain on the calendar. Um there are some questionable choices from Formula One in certain tracks that have got certain human rights issues, but. Um, to the point that Stefan I said in an interview with Sky Sports in the UK um, at the weekend, you know, like, sometimes you've got to go to these places to invoke change, and I can kind of see that angle. So, you know, let's let, I mean, Qatar in particular has got the World Cup next year, so they're not they're not racing at the circuit uh, for 2022, but we're back in the country for 2023, and I think there's rumour it's going to be a street circuit, uh, so it'll be in, in the centre of the the city somewhere. Um you know, and and obviously Saudi Arabia has got his own uh, challenges as well. And Qatar has signed a ten-year deal, so we'll we'll have to compare ten. You know, ten years' time, has Formula One helped to drive to drive change? And you know, credit to Lewis Hamilton wearing the helmet he did uh, during the race as well. Um, and also somebody that's really impressed with this year with the support for um, you know the LGBT. Community plus community um, is Seb Vettel, um, you know, and and also his litter picking um, stuff he did at Silverstone uh, this year, and just gives really mature interviews now. It's a it's a different he's a different driver for when from when he was at when he was at Red Bull. He's he's matured um, absolutely brilliantly, and um, I don't mind saying that I do root for him a little now, as where before I um, I never did. So um, yeah, he's really changed, and I think I mentioned this. Uh, previous on the podcast but yeah he's really um, I've really changed my uh, opinion of him um, as, as he's matured so fantastic stuff and it's been an absolutely fantastic season but yeah um, I you know it's a shame Ferrari have, have done what they've done like, I think that third spot is is theirs but still a decent season for McLaren and the new regs this next season day, we're hoping for even better racing aren't we
1: Absolutely, with the new cars. Hopefully they will bring uh, oh, better crossed. racing. Uh, hopefully hopefully they will get us rid of the DRS. The the oh, the RS. God, I hate it. Let's stop it. Oh, Let's I
0: absolutely it. hate it. Oh, I do. Yeah. I hate that thing. Anyway, right, that's the end. I mean, I know we are a sim racing podcast. We, had, we like to talk about F1 from time to time because it is the biggest um, you know, racing series out there and and, and we are racing fans in a day. That's what gets us into uh, sim racing. Um, I mean, David Day has said, Matt uh, has said, uh, Lewis for the championship. I also agree with that. I, you know, at the moment the tables have turned, and I can't see them going back the other way. But you know, if Max, if Max wins it, then well done him. And if Lewis wins it, then well done him. But you know, I'll be watching the last two races to see who's going to win the Formula One and, World and Championship. If Charles
1: wins, good, uh, good, good for him.
0: Good for him. But the constructors, <laughs> the constructors' championship is a little bit is very close as well, and Red Bull could steal that away from Mercedes because Bottas didn't didn't get in the points in the last race. That's really hurt Mercedes. So, um, and that's where the money is for the teams.
1: Yeah, so, true, true, true. You know.
0: Right, okay. Formula One chat over. Just a couple of mentions next. So let's move on. So, uh, just a couple of mentions before we go and, and leave your ears for the rest of this year. Um, Just want to give a shout out to uh, Jimmy Broadbent, who at the weekend did his 23 hours of solder. It was the race for mental health for 2021. Uh, Last year, uh, they raised a phenomenal 72,000 pounds. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't really checked checked in on Jimmy to see what they raised this year, but it's just worth re-mentioning because mental health, it's you know it's definitely something that we all have and some of us uh, do struggle with from from time to time. Um, but uh, this year round they've they've done about fifty thousand um, pounds. So over the last three races he's done he's raised over hundred and fifty thousand pounds for the the, the mind the challenge he called Mind in the UK. That's I mean you know whether you like Jimmy or not because I know he's not everybody's cup of tea. That is a, a fantastic cause and it's great to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's very important to support uh, these causes because um, they are something that nowadays affects, uh, I would say, pretty much all of us. And uh, you know, mental health is, is very important. We live in a frantic society with very um, frantic times. Uh, everything has to move so fast, and uh, uh, we're expected different things from the past. We, we've been uh, educated in a way, and the world now is expect. Society is expecting different things, so there's confusion. There's sometimes where you feel lost. Uh, uh, the COVID problem, the COVID uh, situation, uh, has created uh, issues to many people with job, with uh, problems inside the. Families, so it's important to show support to this cause. So, uh, remember of the November uh, Movember movement. So, yeah, <laughs> as, yeah. as Mike did, uh, grow your mustache and proudly, <laughs> proudly show it around. My, and, my if I grow a mustache, it's just embarrassing. I don't even bother. So, uh, um, I, yeah. I've, I've, I must say that I have grew mine, and I've received quite uh, the. The delightful and interesting comments from some uh, okay. from some ladies. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Alright. Uh, eh? Look
0: at I, you, eh? Yeah.
1: I must say, almost all of them were uh, mature Not, ladies, but still, uh. <laughs> ladies. So,
0: <laughs> so that, it's that fine is, by me. That it's is fine. that is worrying. That is worrying. Um, but yeah, going yeah. back to going back to Jimmy, you know, I, I think what's really good is it's it's nothing, you know, it's a it's a light-hearted way of bringing something, you know, to the masses to his to his um, fan base, and um, you know, it's all about uh, you know having some rules which which aren't necessarily you know serious. You know, you can um, if you, it says here if you pick up a penalty, you can even donate to mind or come into the pits and sing a nursery rhyme. Uh, penalties include being held in the pit lane until you tell a dad joke that makes a steward laugh Or sing your country's national anthem and things like that But not only that, to get people um, donating There were prizes to be won such as uh, Huskenfeld Sprint Pedals Vanatet CSL DD and Pedals And McLaren GT3 wheel. There were lots of things and and it's, and, it, and it's great to see. I mean, I, di- I didn't get invited to take part, so I'm a little bit hurt. But uh, no, but all joking aside, it's a, a fantastic cause. And um, well done to Jimmy Broadbent. Um, and also well done to him when he's um, taking part in uh, real-life racing series this year. I think he won Rookie of the Year, uh, which I saw. So, um, you know, doing doing things that a lot of us wish we were also doing, you know? And he's kind of living, the. I think, you know, living the best life, uh, for us sim races, which is absolutely fantastic, and I saw that our very own Steve got to drive Jimmy's car the other week. So
1: um,
0: yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I was th- I was thinking, oh, you know, is he better get in the car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, uh, and, that, and I think that's kind of testament to the to the great work that Steve uh, does, not only with Jimmy, but also with Sim Racing GP and everything else. You know, it sometimes it, a lot of, a lot of what Steve does is stress. And, and more stress so um, to get to enjoy a moment like that behind the wheel of a real racing car is um, absolutely fantastic and then the last thing that uh, I'd like to mention is by the time this podcast comes out it would have been released but there's a new update for um, ACC coming um, David
1: um, uh, I'm counting the hours <laughs> basically to when it comes out I yeah, I'm very curious. I, I mean, we know uh, some things. We know that it's going to support uh, DLSS and FSR from FSR from AMD and DLSS yeah. from Nvidia. Uh, for those that do not know what they are, they're basically technologies that allow you to upscale the resolution of your game. Uh, to match uh, a bigger resolution without uh, having a blurriness or a pixelation and things like that so for example okay. if you have a, a 4K monitor and uh, you have a GPU that is not uh, uh, capable of running uh, as that specific game at 4K you can run it at full HD resolution and uh, upscaled with the lss or FSR at 4K so you basically get uh, something that is supposed to be very similar to 4k native resolution but at the cost of uh, full hd uh res um and um there is uh, going to be a physics update so they they have not said specifically what they're going to change so that's very interesting to I mean, hear he mentions
0: time models doesn't it so yeah um, but
1: you know they they've not gone uh, into details about you no. know. But no, but there
0: is there is be. going to be a keynote, and again, that would have happened by the time this podcast comes out. But um, yeah, but yeah, but there's also some updates which is, which will support the the Formula One rim from um, the screen on it in uh, from Thrustmaster, which I know a certain uh, racer by the name of Gareth uh, is very excited about. Um, and there's also the free BMW M4 GT3. 2022 yeah, yeah. Uh, download for free, which is yeah, absolutely, again, absolutely fantastic. So um, and there's going to be and again, it would have happened. as I know Steve has also been invited to this, which is the influencer influencer live stream uh, with the new content to um, update uh, 1.8. Which I'll be honest, Steve and influencer in the same sentence for me. But then I've got to say his his YouTube videos for Race Department um, are another level so um yeah very very good very
1: and also good. the the unreal engine uh, update that could prove interesting yes. because it it uh, evolves to 4.26 version yeah which uh, has a lot of uh, uh you know improvements to it so we can maybe expect some you know some candies, <laughs> yeah, In the and future. Uh,
0: you know, people are talking about are they going to make some changes to the BOP? You know, what how how is the handling of certain cars? Is the Aston Martin going to be nuked and it's not going to be as fast as it is at, at a lot of the tracks at the moment? You know, like people are kind of anticipating um, a lot a lot of things, but we don't really know. And by the time this podcast comes out, then a lot of people will start to have an idea of what that actually is going to is going to be. So, um, yeah, some... I mean all 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 round really there's some there's some exciting goings on in sim racing and in real-life motorsport and um you know bringing 2021 uh to a close with an absolute bang.
1: Sorry, I was still reading the <laughs> the uh the news from uh from the SEC update. Uh yeah, it's um it's going to be a, a monumental uh, update to the sim and uh, you know the, it was a, qu- uh, a few days ago that I was saying to you guys in our chat that we are on, what's, on WhatsApp that uh, I was noticing that uh, a- ACC uh, was, uh, haven't been updated in uh, quite an year I mean it had the update to um, uh, 1.7 um, uh, at the beginning of the year and then just uh, minor updates so uh, this one uh, with all these changes is uh, is very exciting also because uh, you know as I said I just recently got back into ACC so, yeah, uh, but there's just
0: generally a lot going on, on in sim racing right now, isn't there? It's not not just in terms of ACC, but there's just oh yeah, sorry, There's a lot, sorry. There's a lot of hype, isn't there? That's what I was trying to get at. And you
1: no, sorry, sorry. You, you can tell right. you weren't
0: listening to my question,
1: but um. no, you're right because <laughs> uh, as I said, I was still looking at the. <laughs> I know, from, I know what you were doing. You weren't <laughs> from, paying from attention ACC. to me. How I'm dare? Sorry. How dare I'm sorry. you? I
0: I'm mean, I mean, I'm insulting and now going to go and cry. Um, no, this uh,
1: this is the problem when you uh, do something uh, that you are enthusiastic about because uh, you, uh, sometimes you get carried away. So uh, during the podcast, I should be focused on what we're doing, which is recording, but yes. since I, I am a, a SIM enthusiast, uh, and, uh, I love SEC, I got carried away, but <laughs> again, but this, uh, the news of this update. So I was, uh, basically minding my own business, but yeah, in general, sorry, uh, you're right. Uh, going back also to the AMS2 update that we were talking yeah. about before. And I think that uh, uh, there, is, there are, have also been some changes in iRacing, uh, but uh, last month, I believe, yeah, or maybe yeah, at the beginning have, of yeah. the month. Uh, and I think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we should be expecting something also from RaceRoom in the month of December. So quite, uh, as you were saying, I uh, Quite the exciting period. Yeah, I've not. Uh, I've
0: not I've, I mean, I've only ever played iRacing very briefly. I'm not really into the subscription model, and you know, I haven't. I, do you know what? I I installed Race Room um, back on the PC uh, at the weekend because I got a new hard drive, so I've got more space. So I had it removed because I didn't have the space. But you know, I want. I do want to give it, give that a go as well because I feel like it's just sitting there and I'm not really giving it the love that maybe again it it deserves. But there is, there's a lot out there at the moment. There's a lot going on and. And and not only not only in the in the in the game aspect, but also in the hardware aspect, which we've talked about all year round, whether that be from Thrustmaster uh, or Fanatec or or um, or Logitech, and it's and you know and and COVID as as much as it's been absolutely horrendous for for many many people, I think from the from a sim racing point of view, it, it's created something, and I and I hope that that momentum um, does continue into twenty twenty two. Um, and we've seen some great esports series coming up as well, and um, and long may that continue, um, and uh, and and long may we just enjoy the hobby that we that we love. And um, so yeah, so um, David, this is the last podcast of twenty twenty one. How are you feeling about that?
1: A bit sad. I must say. Right.
0: We'll be back in the new year. Don't you worry. You can enjoy the few weeks off, not even to worry about, are we recording? Are we not recording? What are we talking about? You know, just <laughs> just, just worry about life and just, you know, enjoy it. Um And that's why we take um, a little bit of the time off over the summer to, to enjoy the summer. And also we do the same um, during December because there's Christmas parties and whatnot, though obviously i'm not i'm not doing any of that this year but um but yeah you know it's um it's time to to let you know uh, try enjoy winter um, and then in the new year we will um, be back any final words david day
1: i must say that uh... I very much enjoyed this podcast because with this episode, because we are, we've had, uh, as you like to say, a lot of fat to chew on. <laughs> thanks to, <laughs> thanks to the uh, various manufacturers and developers. Uh, we've had, uh, we, we have, uh, quite an exciting, uh, uh, period in front of us, both uh, from hardware perspective and software perspective. Uh, they used to say it in the in the forums that it is an exciting moment to be a sim racer, and I must say that uh, it is true. It actually is.
0: Yeah, it is at the moment. Uh, just a bit of news from us: uh, Race Department has launched its own store. Do go and check that out at racedepartment.com. You know, it's, it's like it like using affiliate leaks and it and it just sort of brings in a bit a bit of revenue uh, for our amazing website. Um, and don't forget, you you know, you can become a premium member. It does give you some benefits. Check out the premium link at the top of the website. If you're not already a premium member, there are quite a few uh, to list, like no adverts and, and so forth, uh, as well as you could be able to take part in our club racing events, which are premium members only. Don't forget, you've got simracing.gp. If you're a community and you want somewhere where you could host your races for Assetto Corsa, Ciccione, uh, and uh, of Corsa, more games to come in the not-too-distant future, then check out simracing.gp. And as always, you can check out our YouTube videos to search for race department. And we are, of course, on the Instagram, we're on the Facebook, and we are on the Twitter. Um, yeah. There we go. Right. Final words, David, before we bring this to a close.
1: Uh, I don't know what to say. I want is, to it, say-
0: is it too early to wish people Merry Christmas? Uh,
1: well i don't think so because next sunday is the first sunday of uh uh advent does uh-huh. this word exist yep. exists yep. in english yep. Yep. so okay so yeah basically we enter into the okay. preparation to the christmas period okay.
0: all right well it feels a bit weird saying it but i think we have to do it
1: what well wish i them, saying, wish them a merry wish... christmas oh, okay, and a happy okay. new year that's what i'm saying well then, sorry I thought, <laughs> I thought that you were wanted to say something else i was expecting a sound effect uh, to be honest <laughs> Well I'm just trying to get you know like
0: it's a bit early uh, I feel it's a bit early for the Christmas decorations and so forth it just feels a bit weird that we're in November and I'm going to wish people a Merry Christmas but I take your point that Sunday is very close upon us so December is nearly here Um,
1: and it is considering also when the pod is going to come out so we're going to be probably Yeah but
0: I I could you know I could put a little independent message just wishing people Merry Christmas you know at the time Yeah Anyway um, but yeah David Day, thank you very much for being here as always Thank you for having me um, I don't know if we've missed Danny actually. Have we missed Danny? I don't know. <laughs> let <laughs> well, us know in let us know in the comments.
1: <laughs> if, if you if you noticed that uh, Danny wasn't uh, on air. No, we we missed you.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, we we yeah, we we did, Danny. If you're listening, we we def we definitely missed you. <laughs>
1: also because Danny always always has a very uh how can I say, um out-of-society point of view uh, yeah, i don't know yeah. if it's clear what you I mean he, he has a he comes, way of looking at, at things yeah
0: yeah he comes at, at things uh, from a different angle yeah he does exactly
1: yeah. exactly yeah. so it's uh, it's quite the uh singular. yeah sorry refreshing yeah but also uh singular uh in his uh you know in his, uh, a, he's on
0: his own yeah
1: yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he brings something that... Uh, Basically, you
0: just you just called him a loner. But there we go. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Danny. I
0: love you. I'm leaving that in. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me, the Italian Stanley and Davide Nativo. Dear listener, thank you very much for continuing to listen to this podcast as we sometimes ramble on. And do you know what? Sometimes we've got no idea what we're talking about, but we seem to make it work from time to time. Uh Thank you very much for listening throughout 2021. I know it's been a challenging year for everybody. This is the last podcast of the year. So it does, my pleasure to wish you uh, an enjoyable festival period. Uh, Do look forward to 2022. Enjoy the time with your loved ones. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Cheerio.